All right, welcome to another episode of the Purpose Podcast, where we help business owners in Raleigh, North Carolina, and beyond operate their business with intention. I'm your host, Adam Gross. I'm Gordon Buchanan. And today we have our very special guest, um, the founder of Purpose Networking Group, and a man with a vast array of experience who now uh, leads Interest Realty, um, Lee Goldstein. Woo. Lee, welcome. Hello, how guys? How are you today? Great, man. Yeah, Excited to have you. I'm glad to be here. This should be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So, cool. Well, um, tell us a little about what you do now. Okay, so um, I help my clients buy and sell residential real estate, and um, a little bit of my past before this, before I was in real estate, I was the area developer here in North Carolina and many other states for a company called Slotsky's Deli. And prior to that, I had my own franchise in my hometown, which was Video to Roll. We had 11 video stores, and we were the um, we were in the top 10 in, in square footage, and we're the first one to build a video superstore and the first one ever to have live videos out on the shelves. Pretty but, crazy. But today, it's real estate we do. It's, it's real estate now. <laughs> it was real estate before, kind of, right? Well, even like with um, Slotsky's Deli, we bought the dirt build the building, and then sold the whole thing to the franchisee, just in the kind of a turnkey program. So real estate was always part of it, even and, even back in the video days. And you kind of grew up in the upstate New York area, is that right? I did. Um, born and raised up there. Actually, actually, I was born in California, but I was one years old when I moved here. Really? So <laughs> back to New York. My parents were originally from Utica, New York. They moved out to California. We had some relatives out there. My older brother was already born. I just happened to be born out there, and then they came back. So I don't really know much about California. So I spent my whole life in upstate New York, and then I moved here to Raleigh, and I think I'll spend the rest of my life here. Wow. And so the and just giving context, like we, I know your story already, so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of giving giving you the, the, the prompts, right? But you moved down here for Schlotsky's, right? Yes. It was sort of like you had you'd done the video thing, and you'd made that a really successful business. Yep. And built that, and then sold it or got out or whatever, and then we're like, how did you get involved with Schlotsky's? Like, well, how's that happen? So while I was still in upstate New York, um, the weather up there just is horrible. You have winter and the Fourth of July, so I really wanted to find some place where the weather was a little better, um, and we were losing population in my hometown, where here in Raleigh it's growing like a weed. So I just looked, I actually found in Entrepreneur Magazine that Schlotsky's Deli was looking for area developers. I called them up, asked them what it was all about and how it worked. It was really cool because I was a franchisor and now with Schlotsky's, I'm not the franchisor or the franchisee, I'm kind of the middle guy. I help people get into business, kind of like what Dan does. Right. And then once they get in, then I collect royalties from that restaurant for the entire lifetime of the restaurant. Wow. And um, by the time I left Schlotsky's, I had over 50 restaurants in my development territory. So, wow. so it was What were you good. looking for in a franchisee? Um, well, franchisees, first of all, they had to have the wherewithal, right? They had to be able to, to f afford one because they were million-dollar restaurants even back then. Um, and they had to be someone who could work for themselves because obviously with a franchise, you do have guidance, but you're still an independent contractor and you do your own work. Um, and then somebody who is personable and can get along with people. So... Um, we would just look for the best possible candidates that we can get that could do those things. 
Interesting. And so, yeah. okay, so then you're, you're building up that restaurant group, and then how does it turn into real estate in Trust Realty? Well, Schlotsky's actually was paying a lot of money to the area developers, and someone on the board of directors got the idea that if they got rid of the area developers, they can take that cash, put it back in their balance sheet, and get rid of the area developers. So I think they actually filed to get rid of us. At that time, there were 750 restaurants, and um, when they were done in bankruptcy, they were down to 300. So they lost more than half of their restaurants in that whole process. So what they were hoping was going to happen didn't happen. They lost too many, too many units. And once they filed for bankruptcy, it was just hard to get product. None of the suppliers would supply us anymore. We were going to local stores getting product. It was a mess. So, um, And then I had an appraiser come and appraise my house. And... Uh, he was telling me about the business and how he does with it. And I says, well, maybe I should get into that. Me and my wife went to school to for to be an appraiser. We met another couple. He, he was an attorney. We ended up, I'm, out of all four of us that went to appraiser school, I'm the only one that actually got my appraiser's license. Mm-hmm. Grace got her real estate license, so did the other two. And they all we all went to the same firm. So the three of them went to Remax, and I opened up an appraisal business. And after about three years, I realized that appraising was not as much fun as you would think. It's a lot of report writings, and I'd like to be around people. So after three years, I just figured I couldn't make enough money doing what I was doing in appraising, and I'd like to sell again because that's what I've done all my life. And so we, um, I moved over and went to work for Remax, did that for three years, and then we opened up Interest. Wow. After that. So I think that's a, a big step, right? Obviously, and this is something that I think Adam and I have tried to dive into without all of our guests, because most of them have been people that own businesses or mm-hmm. and have typically changed careers. Yeah. Or in this, you know, example of Chris Eklund, somebody that had his own business and then went back to a career working for somebody else. Yeah. So what was the hardest thing, the scariest thing? What was the what was the process like starting your own business? Well, um, starting is always difficult yeah. and people forget about how hard it is to start over. So I've done it three times in my life and I think that's enough for me. <laughs> I don't think I have another restart right. in my life, but um, it, it was difficult, right? Cause um, you, you know it can be rewarding and you can see just as people in our group, right? They come in, they're new, they're struggling, it takes some time. You hear about their struggles as they go along, but as things start to progress, like if you talk to Gray with Mighty Dog Roofing, today he was saying, boy, we've had the last two months have been really good. Mm-hmm. Our business is starting to grow. And I think you start to feel that piece. And then you start doing it and you're saying, wow, I can do this. It means I can do other things. And mm-hmm. um, like Rich Reagan, who's done uh, Garage Force mm-hmm. and he does his carpet cleaning, he was kind of saying, I forgot how hard it really was to start a new venture. And now he has to take his time and split it between two different businesses Mm -hmm. so he can't devote all of his time to one so somewhere one of those businesses are losing his guidance right because he doesn't have a hundred percent in either one of those businesses but i think he's starting to do well i think garage force is starting to take off for him Um, and his carpet cleaning business has always been good but 
he said, boy, I wish you would have told me that when I, when I first went to buy this because I probably wouldn't have done it, he said. Yeah. so. And, and you've been through that some, right? Kind of like having to grow a business and then figure out how, where your time should be spent. You were kind of telling me before. Yeah, when I started in real estate and I opened my first office, I thought maybe I would just run an office and not have agents come work for me. And then I had four or five people just call me up and say, hey, Lee, you opened your own office. I'd like to come work with you. So we started adding agents and then it turned into trying to open an office in Charlotte, one in Fayetteville. I had two agents at one time in Charlotte, I had one in Fayetteville. I would have to meet with them every week, spend a lot of time with them, teach them what I'm doing just to have them after a while find another place where they can save a nickel and leave me regardless of how much I helped them. I had one girl that came with me. She worked for Remax for a year. She did five transactions at Remax. Her first year with us, she did 31 transactions. Wow. Her third year, she left and went someplace else because they gave her 5% more on her commissions. But she actually told me, I recently talked to her, said that when she worked for us, she did more business than ever in her lifetime. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes just getting something a little cheaper is not what's really better for you in the long run. Right. So um, I think if she stayed with us, she'd probably be doing even better now. Yeah. Can you dive in a little bit to when you started real estate, um, the time frame it was, like what was going on in the world? Yes. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I started in real estate sales in 2008. Yeah. So 2008 <laughs> was like the worst market ever for real estate. And I would go into the office at Remax, not that often, because I officed out of my house, but, um, and all the people in the office were crying and complaining how bad business is, they can't get business, they don't know what to do. And I didn't know anything about it being bad or good. I just knew that I had to feed my family. Mm -hmm. So I got leads, I called them every day, every single lead, I called every single day for five days in a row. And as you get more leads in every day, you can imagine I had hundreds and then thousands of leads. And literally, I spent my entire time just calling people until I can get somebody in the car. And once I get them in the car, I take them out and show them homes. When I wasn't doing that, I'm still calling. And literally, I spent seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day, just working really hard. And as you guys know, being in your own business, it takes hard work to be successful. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first year I did 178,000 in net commissions, which was, I don't know, like the third best in the entire office. Seems like a pretty amazing first year. I know, right? <laughs> just like, yeah. I just did 200K my first year in written commission. During an economic crisis. Right. <laughs> but, but I worked like three times what a normal human sure. would work. I right. mean, I worked 12 hours a day. Um, you could have made 75 grand a year and just done cush, cush gig, right? Exactly, right. But um, plus, I had to try to make enough money to live because yep. we were doing pretty good with Slotsky's. And, um, you know, the royalty check was, you know, f about $40,000 a month, and that just disappeared one day. Right. So um, we we needed to create income. And I also realized once I was in the appraisal business that there just wasn't enough there, no matter how hard I worked. Um, so I moved over to the real estate business, which has just been great for me so far. And so cool. <clears throat> what's changed from when we first started in the business is today, 
95% of all my clients are personal referrals or past clients. Mm -hmm. And you worry sometimes that without those bunch of leads coming in that you're calling, you know that every hundred people you call, you're going to get one to three deals. Mm -hmm. And if you keep making that's 500 calls to those people, because you call them five times, but um, you know that they're going to create deals and you worry sometimes like, okay, is somebody going to call me that I have out there? But it's been just great this year maybe our best year ever we're very close to that and um the most important piece about that is i don't have all that time calling people and calling strangers trying to get them to work with me so i actually have more free time now than i ever had in in my whole career and I'm actually making more money, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. That's amazing. Heck yeah. I mean, That's what cool. is it, 1.30 on a Wednesday? We all have time to sit down <laughs> and have a right. podcast? <laughs> it's not awesome. too bad. Normally I wouldn't, Gordon. Yeah, I'd say we had a meeting and yeah. you know, something changed. So. Exactly. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's been cool. So can you dive into um, that switch between kind of going out and trying to make it happen versus kind of looking at what you've already got? And now you mentioned last week at the meeting that you just call – people in your network to check in can yes. you dive into that a little bit more so what 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 i've learned through a book called ninja selling and it's actually where i got the go-giver book from too i coached with ninja selling for a couple of years and the whole idea is that if i can get 150 people in my sphere that are gonna give me referrals and use me for real estate those people are going to touch four other people every year mm -hmm. that are buying and selling a home. So even if you get a small percentage of those, you can do the math. It's well over 60 transactions a year. Only if you get 25% of that business that comes out of those 150 people. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure where it comes from. Gordon, you may know, but 150 people, there's some secret to that number that it's all you really can keep in touch with any given person. Mm -hmm. If you try to get higher than that number, you have struggles with that. Mm -hmm. So 150 people is our goal in our sphere. I have about 300 people in my entire ma mailing list, so I do mail to more, but we mail twice a month to most of our clients, and then we try to call them once a month too. So if you keep up with the people that already know, like, and trust you, they will give you more referrals than anyone else out there. The chances of getting a referral from someone who already knows, likes, and trusts you is much better than from a stranger that went to realtor.com and said, I want to go see this house. Because right. really, they just want me to open up the door and let them in the house. Right. Uh, and I used to do that. I'd run out and show them, and maybe one out of five I would get a client out of or, or less. Um, but now, if they call us, we sit down with them. We want to go over the home buying process. We want to talk about the pitfalls in the contract, how to get an offer accepted in this market, and go through the contract to make sure that they understand it. So um, making sure that we understand what they're looking for, they understand what we're doing, and then they actually hire us at that meeting. And if they hire us, then we go out and help them find homes. If they're not ready to hire us, then we don't. So we stop working with people that are not really clients, but are prospects. And until you become a client, we just don't work with you anymore. And that's really what has helped me um, get more free time and more time to spend with my family. And a lot of people in my sphere are my friends and spend time with them too. 
Right. So that's awesome. It's Thanks. like the people you do business with are also your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you're phys- you're sending out physical mailers twice a month to people. Twice a month. I think I get your mailers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Gordon, there's two now, right? So. Did you get the one from Outback? Are you on that list? I don't think I'm out on this special list. What is this list? <laughs> what is this list, Lee? Well, it's it's the same list, but there's just two different postcard people that we work with. So we were just sending out um, past clients' sales, you know, just pictures of the house we sold, that kind of thing. And then Caroline one day found this boomerang company that gives you a free service at a local business. So I think the last card we just sent out was um, a free appetizer at Outback. Cool. And before that was a free cup of coffee at a coffee shop. And I think there was a free fondue at Melting Pot. So we now, instead of sending them two real estate cards, we send them one of these cards and one real estate cards, which just adds a little more value to the well, client. Right, it makes them take an action. It doesn't make them, but like they're more likely to take an action with that than they might be with the other one if they're not in the market for real estate. But if they get a free cup of coffee, take an action, interest realty, get the free cup of coffee, now it's cemented in their mind. Exactly. Well, it's just awesome. And, and, and I get calls all the time, and Adam, they'll say like, um, hey Lee, thanks for the card. I just went there. I right. One guy called me and said, I just went had a cup of coffee there. It was really good. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. I was like, okay. It's like great. how timely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So something I'm super can uh, super interested in, it just as a change of topic, is our networking group in general. So yeah. purpose networking here in Raleigh is how we all know each other. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know what it is now it's a great networking group it's you know this kind of amazing free-flowing growing thing but it started somewhere somehow and i think it was with lee yeah so yeah. <laughs> you know I, how did can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of the group and, and why you would want to do something like that was it time the same year you were starting up in real estate like all those kind of things it's similar so um you know b and i was the big networking company around they still are and they do a great job here in the triangle so originally we were a bni group mm-hmm. and what happened is we only had about 14 p- members of the group mm-hmm. and steve hand who's the president of the local community he's actually the franchise owner of bni here locally he sent somebody to our group to tell us that we needed to get the 16 or they were going to shut us down he apparently went to a convention and Steve found out he had the most small groups of any other franchisee in the country. So he wanted to fix that problem. And the way he went about it, at least for our group, didn't work very well. So this person came in every week, said, if you don't get to 16, we're gonna shut you down. You can imagine in front of a bunch of networkers, you tell them either you grow your group or we're gonna shut you down. Instead of us growing the group, we lost more people. They leave because they're like, I don't wanna be a part of that. Exactly, so we got down to like 10 to 12 people over an eight-week period. Then he sent another person in for another eight-week period. We got down to about eight core members of the group. And uh, and then they said, well, we were just kidding. You can still be a member of BNI. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, you've put us through this for 16 weeks. I think we're just going to go do our own thing instead of being a BNI because they actually made us lose a bunch of people mm-hmm. saying that if you don't get to the right size, we're gonna shut your group down. Mm -hmm. So it took a long time and it took a while, um, but we just started growing. 
we charge $50 for six months to join the group, right? We just needed bodies and people to be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. And we've been around so long, we've shut down several restaurants. So yeah. like the first restaurant we ever went to, um, they closed. Then three or four other restaurants we were meeting at, they closed down. Now we're at Raleigh Founded, which is just a great place. There's no restaurant. Um, it's just been really, really good. So what we did once we started our own group is we added some food because we thought to have something to eat when you got there would be really, really good. We eliminated the um, guests only being able to come twice in the lifetime of the group because I really believe that that's just focused on getting members and generating revenue for B&I, not for the group itself. And the money that we collect actually gets used to help the group grow and to help pay for the food and for our socials. And we noticed that socials are kind of more fun than having our regular meeting. So we decided to add a social once a month. So we typically have three or four meetings depending on the month. And then one social every month. And that social is just fun. And I'm surprised that we only have 30 or 40 people at the socials. You would think with free food and buy your own drinks, we'd have a lot more. So right. our goal actually with the social is to try to get it to 100 people or even more. So um, the more people we can get to the social, I think that's fun. And people that come to social end up coming to our regular group because they want to find out what it's so about. The, the first Wednesday of every month? It's the first at Wednesday. At Yard House? At right? the Yard House. That's at 4 o'clock? Actually, it's four, four, five, five, five to 7. 5 to 7. So. Yeah. So we do well, that's what it's been. I've been there at 4. Had yeah. to leave. Not, nobody was there. There are so many people that come at 4 o'clock. And then at, at sometimes I think people don't really know what the time is. But the actual time is 5 to 7. Mm -hmm. um, we do that because some people are to come right after work. So we figure we'd be there and ready for them. And then some people are going to go home, eat something, or change, and then come. So um, 7 o'clock usually is a good hour. It's a couple hours. It's like a happy hour kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You get to eat something. We make sure there's enough food and uh, have a couple of drinks. And I think you really get to know people in those groups because you talk more at those meetings than you do at our regular meetings. Right. And I think you even notice at our regular meetings, um, it used to be we started the meeting right at 8.15, actual meeting part and it's probably 825 to 830 now mm -hmm. and the reason for that is if you watch the group before we start everybody's talking there's a whole bunch of business being placed and talked about during that time and we really think it's a great time for people to just get to know each other so we like that piece so much we've extended the time that we do for that so yeah. I think it helps and I'm just always impressed at the amount of guests we get as well <sighs> Um, because like, so I was part of BNI back yeah. in the day for a little bit. I met you at uh, Purpose what ten years ago, something yeah. like that, when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I was Adam's age. Yeah, uh, doing that, and uh, you're you're getting us all at twenty three, twenty four in the group, right? Um, and then you know, kind of left because I was doing something else. But I'm just always amazed at like how many guests we have compared to BNI. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, a guest can come as many times as they like. Right. If you're in B&I, you get to come twice and then you can't come. Right. And, you know, collecting the dues isn't what's really important. What's really important is what happens in the meetings right. and that we share business with each other. So why would you want to eliminate somebody from being able to come after two times when they may not know if this is the right thing for them yet? So let them come as many times as they want. 
The other piece I think that we changed that if you have more than one person in your company, that those people can come too and they can sub for you as many times as you want. If you really want to make sure there's attendance there, like Caroline and I both work for Intrust Realty, but as long as one of us there, that seat has an attendance. And I don't, I doubt that we have many missed days even between the two of us. So we thought that was another good thing to do for people because it's an every week commitment. That's a lot of commitment for people. Right. So. Um, to make it easier for them to be able to have somebody there to represent the group, we just thought it was important to allow other people from their company to be able to sub for them so they can have somebody there that really represents them. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. What would you say to people that don't want to network or don't think networking is important or just don't make it a priority? Yeah. So I think even Caroline, um, who believe it or not, does not like to get up in front of a group and speak. And it she gets knots in her stomach, it drives her crazy. And when I first asked her to do it, she says, Lee, I really don't want to, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, is this part of my job? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I think when you, when you do get up and speak in front of somebody, I think it just helps you understand it and makes you feel better about it. And don't worry about those butterflies in your stomach because everybody has them, right. including me, um, including actors and actresses. Right. They have butterflies in their stomach all the time. If you didn't, you're probably not normal. Right. So it's okay to have those issues when you get up to speak in front of a group of people. And as you do it more and more, it just gets easier and easier. And Caroline's pretty good now. She gets up every meeting and talks about why we meet. And, yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah, and she thinks she still gets butterflies in her stomach every time she stands <laughs> up. So, Well, like you said, I think everybody does a little bit in right. their own way, right? Yes. So to what extent, I guess that's up to the person, but everybody yeah. should. Because it's like even Tom Brady, you hear like Tom Brady talk. He's like, look, man, if I weren't nervous to go out and play – something's wrong right? right like what's wrong if i wasn't nervous like why am i not concerned about the outcome here <laughs> exactly you know? and that it's possible that i might not win today right, right. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. do you do other networking um i the other networking i do is typically with other groups and other i don't do other networkings in going to bni so i don't go to another bni group and i really feel like if you are a member of more than one seat specific group, you have a problem with given referrals. Because if I'm in two groups, that means I have two realtors, I have two insurance guys, I have two mortgage guys right. that I need to feed two. And it's hard enough to feed one, let alone being able to feed two. So we frown on the idea of being in another group, but we're not going to eliminate somebody because they are. Mm -hmm. So if you can just be a member of our group and not be a member of our group, obviously that's the ideal person mm -hmm. to join our group because that person's going to give more referrals than somebody who's a member of two groups. It's just how do you pick who gets them, right? Yeah. So, um, well, there's a, I'd like to stop and dive in on that a little bit more because a lot of people think when you start, and I thought this too when I, during my last venture, is like you have to cast the net as wide as you can. Yeah. And go to as many things as possible and talk to as many numbers as possible. Yeah. Um, so can you elaborate throughout all your sales experience of the decades that you have selling, what have you learned versus the far and wide versus like the narrow and deep approach? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense, Adam. And it's a great question because 
people really should try to focus in on a smaller group. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing as talking about the people in my flow. Yeah, the 150. 150 yeah. people. Like I have like 8,000 people in my database mm-hmm. and I want to get them out of there. Right. I really want to keep around 150 of my core people and then another 150 that are just kind of fringe people and just really work on those people the people that you know like and trust will refer you more than anyone else Mm -hmm. so even when i was with slotsky's deli what i used to think and i think everyone has this mindset if i can do this good in north carolina if i buy virginia and i buy florida and i buy west virginia and i buy new york and i buy ohio which i end up did buying all those territories Mm -hmm. the more territory you buy is not necessarily the more income you're going to make. It's how many units do you put in that same market? If I focus on the 150 people that are in my in my my flow, I will be able to spend a lot of time with them. I'll be able to generate a lot of referrals from there and I can get more business from that 150 people than I can by a thousand people that I barely talk to or don't have time to spend with. So it's not how many units you have all over the world. It's how many units do you have in your territory. And if you stay with one territory and really grow that territory out, I think you can do better than having a bigger territory. It's really not how big your territory is. It's how many people you put in the territory that you have. Mm -hmm. So I think working on a smaller, closer-knit group of people is much better for most businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not every business in the world, but certainly for ours. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Okay. It's like, the. do you find that the, the quality of your relationships with the people you do business with are better because of that? Yeah, and um, I, a good friend of mine, John Matthews, I met John Matthews when I first came to Raleigh. Um, we were sitting at uh, Sullivan's having a dinner with me and my wife when we were going to the theater. And this guy was sitting next to me. His name was John Matthews. We talked to him a little bit and... Um, never really became friends, but he was very personable and talked to us. And then I went to another networking thing. It was a wine tasting and he came in with a bunch of his friends. I said, I know that guy. And so we built a relationship starting that time. Then he bought his house from me. And today, if you asked him who you should call about buying real estate, the answer would be me. Mm -hmm. But that's probably only since he bought his house, which is about four years ago. If you go prior to that time, even though he was in my circle, he wasn't one of those people that was a card-carrying member saying, hey, you should use Interest Realty. But as you spend more time with people and they see what you do and how you do it and how you treat other people, they get more comfortable with you. Now, he refers all his clients to me. He just called me the other day, said, I got a client coming into town. She's looking to move here. She may be a year away. Would you take her out and show her a few homes? I said, absolutely. She's looking at between a two and a $3 million house, and she's probably not going to use anybody else from me but me, and it came from a trusted person in my referral group that is sending me referrals. So I think it's really important to focus in on the people that you know. And I talk with this about Bobby McGrath. Bobby McGrath is out there trying to find new agents to use her services. And I'm home like, staging. Bobby home McGrath. staging. Home That's staging. right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Bobby, you have a huge database of agents that you've already worked with. Send them a postcard once a month. Show them your newest house you just staged. 
take the best picture you could find out of all of the pictures that get taken for the house, send that postcard once a month to the people that are already in your database, they will refer you more than any stranger out there. So Bobby, I believe, is starting to work on that, and she's calling some of the past people that she's worked with before, and she's starting to get more referrals. And it's it's scary, right? If you're used to calling leads to get all your people, and that's where all your businesses come from in the past, to stop doing it, which mm -hmm. is Ninja Selling said, stop, don't buy any more leads, yep. and just work with the people you have in your database. And it was scary, and it was hard to make the transition. But once you do, it's so much more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. There's better people to hang around with. You have more fun. I mean, Gordon, you came to the the barrels, the uh, bourbon good barrels, barrels yeah. good barrels, and um, those are all people I hang out with and people that I know. And um, they'll all be past clients or referral clients sometime in the future, mm -hmm. right? So. And that's more fun than getting on the phone calling 20 strangers, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So the more things you can do with the people that you know and spend time with them, the postcards as we send them out to everybody teaches them that I do business and I know what I'm doing and I'm in real estate. So when I talk to them and see them, I don't need to talk to them about real estate. I just need to talk to them about them. Mm -hmm. What lights them up? What makes them happy? Right, mm -hmm. and if you talk, who doesn't like talking about themselves? Everybody right. does. Mm -hmm. So if you talk to them about themselves and just say, "Hey, it's good talking with you. Look forward to seeing you at the next meeting or over here, or I'll talk to you soon." And so it's just a much better way of growing your business. Yeah, at least I think so. <laughs> I love that. That's the first thing you ever said to me was uh, when we got on the phone for the recruiting call for the group. You yeah. said like. Adam, when you have these meetings, just talk about them and you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, just get, get them to talk about themselves. Not in, like, a, a way to take, but just in a way of, like, it's easy to talk to people when they're talking about themselves. Well, just think about that. If you learn about other people and you know them better, mm -hmm. right, when somebody I know maybe has a bottle of bourbon he's been dying to get his hands on and you happen to come across one, mm -hmm. right, then... You know, you know, to call them up and say, hey, guess what I got, right? And you can light them up that day. There's nothing better you can do to a friend than make them excited about something that you can do for them. Yeah. Right? 100%. Well, maybe we wrap it up by asking you, yeah. what, what's got you excited right now? What's your what's your next thing that you're really pumped about? What's what's biting your fire right now? So, um, you know what, Gordon, it's being able to spend time with my friends and my family. Yeah, and that's awesome. it's something that I haven't been able to do in the past. So now that I can do it, I'm liking it even more. And I have to say, Andy Borders, a big change in my life. Because when I first started hanging around with Andy, he'd call me and say, hey, Lee, let's, let's go get some drinks tonight and maybe some dinner. And I'm like, Andy, I can't. I, I got 40 phone calls to make. I'm going to be here till 10 o'clock. I, I can't. And... Once in a while, I'd get out there, and then a few more times, I would get out there more, and then I would get out there more. Now, we do it quite a bit, and we hang out a lot, and so the more time you can spend with the people that you care about in this world, it's really what life is all about, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not really about when you die, you're not going to say, God, I wish I stayed home and made those 40 phone calls, because right. I missed those phone calls, yeah. right? But if I miss hanging around with you, Adam, that I would miss, yeah. not the 40 phone That's calls. That's good. So That's it's, awesome. it's really important to spend time with, with family and friends, and I think, Gordon, that's what I, 
I like doing more than anything else. Great advice. So. That's awesome. <laughs> the best we and we knew having the Godfather on today would be a good idea and an awesome you know fulfilling day. and insightful. So we, we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, if people are interested in real estate and you know we know you're busy, but you can everybody wants to meet new people and everything sure. and, and new clients, where would they find out more about you? So um, you can go to intrustrealty.com is a real great place to find us. Obviously, you can look for homes on there. You can get a mortgage. Anything you want to do about real estate, you can go there. You can always call me. I do like to talk to people on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, John Matthews, who I talked about earlier, he will text me, and then we'll be in a group text, and then he'll get a phone call from me. He goes, okay, the guy that likes to talk instead of text, that's me. <laughs> that's so I'd rather talk than text. And... If it's a one text answer, are you going to be there in 15 minutes? That's one thing, right? right. But if it takes uh, several texts to be able to get the answer to what that person's looking for, it's much quicker to just call them, yeah. correct, talk I, to I them agree, about yeah. it, and and get it done. So, yeah. um, I I I like to talk to people. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. So head to intrustreality.com yeah. to learn more. Yep, and you can call me 919-621-2911. It's my cell phone, and it's always with me. So cool. if I can ever help you, I'm here to help. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, um, Levy, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank really you. This is a you. blast. This is a great. So this <laughs> is awesome. I'm glad we're doing it. And yeah. um, Trying to grow the group, trying to get to know people. Exactly. Well, it's, it's starting yeah. to work. The idea is that if you're listening right now and you haven't talked to Lee, call Lee. And sit with him and ask him questions because his experience will help you in your business. Um, this The point of this podcast is to create a platform for you to listen to someone else's podcast and then get inspired by something that you heard and then go reach out to them and then talk to them. Um, so if you are looking to meet with us in person, come every Wednesday morning, the first three to four Wednesdays of the month at, well, the, sorry, the latter half of the month at Raleigh Founded at Gateway, right off Crabtree Boulevard in Capital right off Capitol Boulevard. And then if you want to come to the social, you can come to the Yard House in North Hills every first Wednesday of the month. Five to seven. Five to seven. Five to seven. We'll be there. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lee. We appreciate you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. That's the Purpose Podcast. Have a great day. All Thanks right. for coming.